wait a minute, let me just read this. It says, unplug the accessory using too much power to reestablish USB devices. Is this gonna turn out? Really unclear. Stay tuned for this week's version <laughs> of Podcast Roulette. <laughs> Will it suck? Will it be great? Will the audio quality be terrible? Will Laura get cut off five times? <laughs> will, pa will Pam blame other people for her internet <laughs> issues? <laughs>
Yeah, I wonder what people did in the 1800s when all you could do was to shop locally and kids had to eat root vegetables and sweet potatoes and all that stuff throughout November through probably March or April. I mean, well, the kid, the kids ate root vegetables and this is potatoes. something I say to moms all the time. I'm like, look, if all you do is feed your kids chicken nuggets, of course, all they're going to eat is chicken nuggets. And I have picky eaters too, but like no child has ever starved in a developing country because they refused to eat the food that was there. Yeah. They just, yeah. they just don't, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're going to eat what's available as long as they're taught to and we don't like cave and say well okay if you're hungry in 30 minutes you can have more toast and peanut butter (laughs) which is what I do (laughs) and I think I think Laura's point as we talked about creating this podcast was you know we're about to come into the season where we can readily obtain and responsibly obtain the kind of fresh produce that I think that we crave all year long. Mm-hmm. So how do we enjoy it now? How do we save it for later? And how do we train ourselves? I mean, it's not just kids. It's adults, too, who who want these things year yeah. round because it's what we've become used to. Anything you want at any time of the year is we're fortunate enough available to you just a couple miles from your house. Right. And as we, when we spoke to Brennan, Dr. Brennan a couple weeks ago, he, he makes the point, this is not a sustainable food system. Both things are true. You know, both things are true. We have to feed our families and we also have to step back and, train ourselves to yeah more seasonally well a couple things i we have a pizza oven which you really enjoy um and we use it thing you we use it year round and that means even in the winter and i don't know about you but i don't want to just make brussels sprout pizza um we need mushrooms um and those are spring and and fall Bell peppers, onions, of course, are, I mean, you harvest them in the spring and all, but so there are certain things, but like broccoli pizza or eggplant pizza, or if we're supposed to be planetarian, it's really particularly difficult to give up even all the good vegetables because that's a good point, you know, if you're relying on, on vegetables and plants as a primary source of, of your diet, you want it to feel plentiful and like you have many options. But going a step back even, I I would consider myself a, a food person. And even I struggle to know what's in season and when. And I think that's the first hurdle is like what what is in season. But even if I'm shopping for asparagus in the spring and berries in the summer what i'm getting at the grocery store is not it's still probably coming from mexico it is i mean i i know and believe me because last week when i got all those boxes from the giant to do my micro 
clover, clover clover lawn. You had to cover the whole area with boxes. So I went to the giant three days in a row, collected all the produce boxes, and I saw where everything comes from. And it's yeah. mostly Mexico. You know, there were a few boxes from central Pennsylvania. Um, and I know that a lot of the mushrooms come from, you know, um, an, about an hour from here. But most everything else, hey, gosh, it comes in so many clamshells and uh, you know, especially because it's like it's like meat. Everything people don't even know how to deal with a whole pineapple anymore, or a, how to get into a watermelon. All that stuff just comes in a clamshell, already cubed and ready for you to purchase. That kind of blows my mind. I mean, I get bones and stuff, although I regret that we don't get many bones anymore in our meat um, because bones make good broth and all that stuff. But it's coming down to that with vegetables too. People just don't want to deal with it, don't have to deal with it. And as you say, people people will eat what's put in front of them. So if you go to the grocery store and there's this like nice little thing that's all prepped, all you have to do is open the lid and dig in. That's what people, I mean, you can even buy like chopped onions. Oh, Oh, you can buy a plastic cup of grapes that just aren't on the vine. (laughs) I'm like, my kids have been able to pluck a grape off of the vine since they were about 12 months yeah. old. So I know. Yeah. Good this point. This goes back to last week to convenience. Yeah. Convenience. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Back to seasonality. I, so the first is just not knowing specifically when certain things are in season. But as I was thinking about that particular challenge, not, not knowing, and then also going to the grocery store and realizing that even if it was the right season you're not getting it local place that where it's been grown locally and seasonally yeah so i guess that what remains is the best option is to shop locally at a farmer's market or at a farm stand or a local produce distributor i don't know what other options there are besides a farmer's market it's the one that i lean on but even the farm stands like get their out of season produce from, you know, I mean, like Trogger's Maggie, they carry bananas and limes and oranges and avocados. Yeah. All that stuff. That's not theirs. They have a few things of theirs scattered amidst all the other stuff. And they do have partnerships with farmers, you know, an hour away that uh, things that come that way. But um, the problem is also, it's a little bit like um, grass fed meat and, and, you know, butchers and all that. It, there isn't the volume at this point for everybody to shop at a farmer's market. I mean, I guess we just need to all stampede the farmer's market so that people realize, oh, this is a, I can make more money selling my product directly to people as opposed to, you know, shipping it, you know, a few hours away to somebody else to sell it for me. Well, this was your point, Pam, when we were trying to decide what we were going to talk about on this podcast. And you said, I think we have to tell people, to do a hybrid, you know, do, do your best, get what you can. That's local, get what you can in season, go to the farmer's market when it's available, where it's available. And then also, you know, we all have to kind of live in this world and we don't have access. And one of the things I said um, is I'm a big believer in buying as many frozen vegetables as possible. Um, Frozen corn is great. I mean, I think they process that stuff 
right in the field and it goes straight into deep freeze mode. It's probably fresher than the corn and the husks that, you know, get shipped two or three days um, in a whatever a, a truck. Mm. I imagine it, it's like seafood, you know, they, they, they harvest it and deep freeze it right on the ship. So for sometimes your frozen seafood is better than fresh. Obviously, uh, yeah, corn, peas, uh, spinach, kale, um, lima beans, edamame. Those are all things that I buy frozen and keep on hand. Because those are also those are also very kid-friendly vegetables, too. I mean, most of them anyway. They're also easy to freeze on your own, though. Like if you do, if you have a garden or if you have a farmer's market and you can support a local farmer and buy stuff, like... You can buy all the broccoli you want and you blanch it and freeze it. And it's the same as you're going to buy in a grocery store. Well, well, I mean, I do have a, a bigger freezer than most people, but the yeah. average person can't afford to keep. I mean, most people just have like a freezer above their refrigerator and there's not room for all the basic stuff that you have to have in a freezer anyway, plus tons and tons of seasonal vegetables frozen on top of that. Yeah. I mean, one, one I have to say, though, one of my happiest childhood memories one that will stick with me always and that I still do this day with my own kids is that we used to get peaches with my grandparents who lived in Florida and of course we did this with mom as well when we were kids and we would peel them and put them into quarters or slices and Mm -hmm. toss them with sugar and fruit fresh and pack them in bags and put them in the freezer Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you there's just nothing there's nothing so satisfying as just having I, – I like them to be that slushy. We don't totally thaw them. Mm-hmm. We let them be that slushy consistency and pour a little coconut cream on it or regular cream and just eat that. And just tasting – you really feel like you're tasting summer because you're going back to that moment mm-hmm. where you picked them or where you when you bought them and they were so fresh. And it just – that flash of – sunshine is so bright in the middle of winter and I don't really feel that even slightly I mean I would never buy a peach in December anyway but it's just not the same experience so I think I think there is an argument for for buying things and freezing them to the extent that you're able to do that mm-hmm. but but I think I think the answer is is the hybrid the hybrid mode, either growing your own or sourcing it locally from a farmer's market. I mean, that's what I do. You know, 40, 40, 40, 50% comes from the farmer's market. And then there's a recipe I want to make or something that I know the kids want, or I need to flesh out a, a dish a little bit and need more than I have. And I don't really have any qualms about shopping at the grocery store. I don't feel bad about it. Maybe I should. I think the one thing I do feel bad about though is is the is the berries that I I don't always do it because I know that they've been shipped from uh, by air um they've come by air. High food miles on those, high food miles on things like green beans. So I try to buy them sparingly mm-hmm. and well, I, I have another unique uh, kind of situation that I've had for the last three decades of my life, ever since I've been a recipe tester and uh, the 
food person, food writer and all that, I've always needed things out of season. I mean, mm-hmm. that it, it used to be worse when magazines actually produced stories six months in advance. I mean, we kind of got to the point where we were producing a year ahead, but um, so that you could get some stories done with seasonal stuff. But for the most part, you're, you're working six months ahead and you totally need everything out of season. Um, and yeah. even, even with planetarian life, I mean, I'm working with recipes where I'm working a couple of weeks ahead of the testers who get it a couple of weeks ahead of the readers. So I'm always a little bit out of season and, um, it's just something I live with and I don't know what to do about that. But. Well, I, I've said this, I feel like I say the same things all the time, but there's reputable studies that that make plain the fact that what you eat is more important than where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So because most of the greenhouse gas emissions are actually in the production of livestock, meat, fish, produce, then in the transportation. So mm-hmm. I, there's that does not take away from the fact that the industrial agriculture industry is is destroying the planet. Degrading the soil, you know, bad for biodiversity and for landscapes and ecosystems. There's no denying that. But in terms of your greenhouse gas emissions, your carbon footprint, what you eat is more important than where it comes from. So eating a more plant rich diet is better than. I hate to use the words better than, but has a lower carbon footprint, even if you're buying completely from the grocery store, than someone who's eating a standard American diet and sourcing everything, including the meat, locally. So that is that is a fact. Yeah. And we can't, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, too, that you can't, you can't do it all. No. You can't be totally plastic free. You can't be totally purchasing everything locally. Most of us have too many things going on in our lives to completely dedicate our, or to make a commitment Mm -hmm. to the earth so great that we put everything else second, third, or fourth. Um, Well, the infrastructure of our world doesn't support it. Like if you want to get seasonal food, like you said, okay, I can go, you know, to my grocery store in winter when there is no farmer's market in my area. But it doesn't matter what's in season because it's all been grown and shipped anyway. You know, yeah. so I, I think we have to live within the infrastructure that we have and yeah. just always try to be doing better. You know, yeah. like yeah. I have never sh- I've shopped at a farmer's market like four times, usually on vacation. Granted, where I lived before, the farmer's market was like an hour away. So I was like, is it worth it to drive an hour to, you know, whatever. Now I live somewhere that has a farmer's market that opens in, I think, two weeks there's always more that we can be doing. And then also if we beat ourselves up every time we buy berries out of season or buy fruit that's in a clamshell, you know, you won't be able to live in this world. You won't be able to have like a happy life if you have to beat yourself up for the carbon footprint of everything you touch. We're, <clears throat> we live in the Northeast. I mean, you guys live further North than I do. And the growing season is very short and limited. I mean, if you lived in Florida, I mean, my goodness, you know, 
Yeah, the farmer's market is not a very inspiring place in the dead of winter in Northeast. It's like potato, you know, root vegetables, pumpkins, gourds, butternut squash, potatoes. It's not inspiring. But I still, yeah, cabbage. And and things that they had apples all through the winter because I guess they do keep those in a root cellar so they can last. And it's just not a terribly inspiring place. But I tell you, I've gotten really creative at cooking with those things Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. introducing them and reintroducing them and reintroducing them to my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dash, my son, for the longest time said he didn't like cooked carrots and he didn't like sweet potato. And I just keep trying. And my kids still totally eat, you know, chicken nuggets and yogurt and pasta, just the regular things that kids eat. But I... I do feel like because I make them, he they're getting more accustomed to these these mm-hmm. flavors and textures of in season in season produce. Plus, it's just great to support these farmers year round, not just when they've got the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll feel great going there in the summer and buying my tomatoes and my corn and my green beans because I supported them all through the winter mm-hmm. while supplementing the broccoli that I needed or the green beans that I know my kids will eat. Or the frozen green peas that you have. Or, in or even the, yeah. uh, although, and the other thing that you can get at the farmer's market year round is fresh herbs. I guess they have indoor. Um, hmm. Hydroponic or something. Hydroponic, aeroponic gardens yeah. where they can grow fresh herbs. And yeah, and that's the other thing about seasonality. When you go to the grocery store in order for your food to be like ripe when it gets to the grocery store after traveling across the world, they have to pick it all before it's ripe and it ripens like on the truck. Okay, but the process of ripening on a branch is when it's still getting nutrients from the soil and the tree mm, and the yes. bit bush or whatever. So actually, all of this unripe fruit that we've artificially ripened or that we've ripened with chemicals, mm-hmm. they literally put it in chemical um, spray baths to ripen it. It's not as nutritious. It's not as good for you, and it's, it's scientifically with, proven. Yeah, it's been grown with poor growing practices, so it's not it's not as good for you. It might be there and be easy, but it's just never going to be as mm-hmm. good for you as something grown, yeah, in you know good farming practices and picked when ripe and sold to you right away. There's, I've done a lot of research and reading about farmers markets for planetarian life and also for my own knowledge, but 81% of farmers who show up at farmer's markets are using regenerative farming practices. And most of the produce has been picked in under three days. Some the very same morning before it comes to market. That just sounds better to me. Mm -hmm. For sure. But I think, I think to your, you know, situation, Laura, that, you know, you're not close to a farmer's market. And if now that you are, but it just feels like something you do on vacation. And that's how I used to sort of view the farmer's market. It was a almost a touristy, fun, something to do on a Saturday afternoon type thing. Mm -hmm. But I think we all, to the extent that we're able to, because as you've mentioned, farmer's markets are not available to everyone, Mm -mm. but, but to the extent you're able to, to, Try and really make that part of your weekly uh, routine. Mm-hmm. And 
I take my, I've written about this before. I take my kids now and they absolutely love it. And I think it's just a real education for them. And people are so cute with the kids and give them free stuff. And, you know, it's become, it's become part of our week, part of our life, part of our routine. And the food I've, I've done side by side. I had some apples from the grocery store and I, we did a side by side taste test with apples that we got from the farmer's market. And it was, it just tastes totally different. Same with corn, same with carrots, anything. It tastes different and better. Mm-hmm. So there's a real argument for, for make. well, there's about six arguments for why, if you're able to, uh, to try and shop locally. But going back to a, a, making a case for frozen, what does, does Nova like, frozen berries sort of slightly yes um, oh absolutely so uh, then you my think kids it's... won't eat them frozen or slightly not frozen. frozen i i i defrost i make them slushy like i do the peaches yeah. and then, then drizzle a little uh, agave or something on them yep that's what i do yep they actually sell uh frozen frozen corn and berries at the farmer's market as well hmm. and i've made use of that several times hmm. Well, I have to say, I'm super guilty of always shopping at the grocery store. I mean, I do have a farmer's market now where I live, but I couldn't, I didn't have good access to a farmer's market before. And the one that was like 45 minutes away was like, it was really more like a flea market. It was people selling like bracelets and tchotchkes. And then there was sometimes some food. (laughs) Um, So it was just like not worth, you know, the drive or the time or the effort. Um, Yeah. So I have been so guilty of not at all shopping seasonally or locally at all. But I will say the one thing that I do do is when I have access to fresh local, I buy a lot. I buy in bulk and then I find ways to use it, freeze it, can it. Like if I can buy 75 gallons of strawberries, I'll buy them and use them. I'll freeze them. I'll make smoothies and freeze them. I'll can um, jelly. Like I make all the jelly for my kids because I don't want to use as much sugar. So, you know. If it's hard for you to access, but you do have limited access, I think there are ways that you can still use as much of what you have access to as possible. You know, you don't have to say, well, I can only go to the farmer's market one time on vacation, so I'll buy one thing of berries and a thing of lettuce, and that's all I can use. You know, there are ways to use and preserve a lot of the in-season foods when you have access to them. Yeah. Right. The the problem... for me though is buying in bulk is that farmers markets aren't usually inexpensive like no. you know those no, farm stand the farm stands you can go there and get deals you know maggie like trogers or bechdolts where you can buy a big huge massive thing of apples that you know go to an orchard or go to a farm that really produces a lot of vegetables you'll go there you know end of season and get your you know case of tomatoes for ten dollars or your you know big basket of apples for yeah, that's true. I say I didn't have a farmer's market. There was a local farm that was, you know, 20 minutes from me that had a little shop, but it was such a small farm that like we would go there as like an event and see the animals and then we would buy a tomato and a something, but it was, you know, a $5 tomato. So I couldn't yeah. do my grocery shopping there. Right, right. You know, I'll, I'll pay a few dollars to support you and just, you know, say thanks for letting us visit the animals for free, but mm-hmm. it, that was not it was not an accessible way to do the grocery shopping for my family. Right. Right. How? 
because we do actually have to eat three times a day. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, it's a relentless uh, process. I mean, it's a just it just you get done with one meal and then like, okay, what's the next thing? What what you know? It it really is. This comes yeah. right back to the convenience conversation. Yeah. yeah. Guess what's super free and super convenient? Growing your own food in your backyard. If you can. If you have a yard, if you have some space, you don't have to do everything the fancy way. Yeah. Well, the, the, the convenience also, it sort of goes back also to uh, the idea that you, you, you get it prepped and cooked ASAP. So get those vegetables and prep them and cook them so that there's actually something ready when you're three minutes away and need something to eat. There's something there to start from. I will say that's my strength. I might buy everything out of season, but my food almost never goes bad because if I buy food, I wash it, I prep it, I, you know, I take care of it, I contain it well, and I make sure that it all gets eaten. It's very rare that I have to throw something away because I just, you know, didn't get around to it or it was a busy week. So I didn't have time to really whatever. Yeah. I, you know, I only buy what I need and I use it all because I hate throwing away food one for the planet, but really mostly because I spent money on that. I yeah. spent money on that. I don't want to throw it away. Even if it's going yeah. to compost, which I now do thanks to Maggie's forcing me to compost. <laughs> I am forcing you to compost. My other friend started composting this week and I feel, feel mm. very good about that. Um, but that's, but that's, your situation, Laura, you're yeah. able to eat planetarian and to almost completely drop your food waste to zero. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's that, fantastic. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I can do. We all can all be doing something, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I could do when I didn't have a farmer's market was at least if I bought it, it's not going to go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the sort of the theme um, of every one of these podcasts comes down to do what you can, do the best you can. And, yeah. and, and, and I would add to that and always be looking for mm-hmm. the way to take the next step. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it feels good to keep growing and progressing into your planetarian life. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With every, uh, we've talked about this before especially you and I, Laura, that every time we make this swap, it just, it, or this change, it, it just really feels good. And it mm-hmm. makes you, it's an addictive feeling. I was to want say, to- it's addictive. It's addictive. You do one thing, you make one swap and you're like, I'm doing so good. I've done this great thing. I've made this easy for myself. What, what else can I do? Where can I do it next? It, it becomes like a personal challenge all the time. You know, mm-hmm. what else can I be doing? So I think the challenge for this week and for this summer is to find ways to support local farmers to get what you can locally, perhaps more than you did in the past. Find delicious and creative ways to use it. And if you have freezer storage available or the equipment to do canning or drying or whatever else find ways to extend the life of that produce so that you can enjoy it more more responsibly in a time when those those things are not available okay i think you know what i think we need to create some recipes for people if we're going to say you should do it we need to tell them how to do it 
So I, I will I will make a commitment to coming up with some freezer methods for sort of big seasonal th- things, you know, things that that you you can get in bulk and need putting away. That's yeah. smart. All right, I'm going to ruin Maggie's outro, but I want to add, we did an episode with your sister Sharon, and her like main takeaway was do everything you can to know the people who grow your food. So if you do have access to a farmer's market, I think it's really important to talk to farmers to figure out, you know, what's going on with them? What what are their struggles? Where, you know, what is their life like? How can you build a relationship with people who grow your food? And maybe they can say, you know, oh, I grow these foods at these times and I keep my apples in a root cellar so I can have those at the farmer's market, you know, whatever, whatever it is. You never know what you don't know until you mm-hmm. have those conversations with people and build relationships with the people who are feeding your family by growing your food. Even, even Brennan talked about, Dr. Brennan, I should call him, uh, talked Dr. about Anderson. talking, Dr. Anderson, um, <laughs> talked about speaking with the the produce guys and gals at his local public's market, just asking questions. Why don't we have local tomatoes here? Why aren't we sourcing local strawberries? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just those questions lead to answers about our food system. And this mm-hmm. planetarian life is all about being curious and taking actions based on the answers that you find. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you'd rate the podcast and leave a review. Also, take a minute to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Planetarian Life. Head to planetarianlife.com for more recipes and inspiration and to become a planetarian. See you next week.